A tragedy strikes the Midwest and the media won't let it go to waste. California has become a sanctuary of evil. Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, needs to learn a book. And the assault on earth, art and history continues. This is Gene and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. As you can tell, I have not been called to jury duty. I had two days, two days through, three more to go. So hopefully I, I won't get called in, and if I do, I you won't hear from me. Okay, um, good news. I am one and a half chapter away from finishing my book. Yay! Writing it. I still have to edit it, which I think will take about two weeks, and then... I can start putting that bad boy out and seeing if I can get it published. Uh, I I may, depending on how well I write tonight, I may go out and take a couple days off from my podcast just to finish this book. But the editing part is easy. I'm really excited about it. I think it's a pretty good book. Uh, I think the editing might take me a little longer than two weeks because I, I think I got... The great thing with writing is if I do it consistently which I have been doing it consistently, uh, at least a half hour to an hour a day I spend writing, at least a half hour to an hour a day I spend typing, because what I actually do is I I write it out first, then I type it in, and I make corrections there. That's why editing is typically not very long for me, because I'm editing, I've written, I've written the chapter twice before I even get to uh, editing. So, that helps out. Uh, again, I my dad will be helping me with my art. I have to actually I have to work on that. I have to get him what art I want him to put in. So that's good. That's great news. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do if I have to take a couple days off, uh, take the rest of the week off. Especially if I have to go to court. Well, that's perfect for me. If I have to go to court, I'm just going to go to court and uh, do the writing while I'm waiting to get kicked off a jury. So we'll see. All right. So we've got a huge tragedy in the Midwest. Um, at least 30 tornadoes were, were reported throughout Arkansas, Illinois, Kentucky, Mississippi, Missouri, and Tennessee. Uh, the largest tornado that struck the region tore more than 200 miles of Kentucky apart. It is just an absolute disaster. The death toll right now is over 100, but it's expected to go higher. Uh, there was an Amazon facility that was ripped in half. There was an old folks home that was destroyed. People were killed there. Two people, I think, were killed in the Amazon facility. On Saturday, multiple disaster and humanitarian aids groups uh, deployed multiple uh, were deployed to multiple states to help tornado victims, including the Red Cross, the Salvation Army, World Vision, and Samaritan's Purse. California sent uh, search and rescue specialists to help Kentucky. You know, and this is what I love about the United States. When disasters hit, and it's not just within the United States, we do this throughout the world. You may remember the um, the tidal waves in Japan and Malaysia and India, uh, earthquakes in Mexico and South America. The United States is always there to help. And it doesn't matter at that point. Like, California is the most far leftist blue state in the country. 
And Kentucky is one of the most far-right red states in the country. And you know something? It doesn't matter at that point. And that's what we really need to get into, is forget about the politics. Our citizens are hurting, and we need to help them. And that's what's so great about this country. But it didn't take long before... You can't. You just can't let a good tragedy go to waste, especially a tragedy that's killed people. You've got to use that to push the narrative, constantly push the narrative. Listen to Joe Biden and him pushing his narrative. Does this say anything to you about climate change? Is this, or do you have to conclude that these storms and the intensity have to do with climate change? Well, all that I know is that the intensity of the weather across the board has some impact as a consequence of the warming of the planet and the climate change. The specific impact on these specific storms, I can't say at this point. I'm going to be asking the EPA and others to take a look at that. But the fact is that uh, we all know everything is more intense when the climate is warming. Everything. And obviously it has some impact here, but I can't give you a, a quantitative read on that. Always push the narrative. Always. Never stop. Folks, when he made that statement, they hadn't even finished digging up the bodies. They didn't know. When he made that statement, there were only 40 suspected dead. Hundreds and hundreds missing. And we're going to talk about why this is such an asinine, this is such an asinine statement anyway. But it's just really sad that these guys keep bringing this stuff up. It really is. And it wasn't just him. I mean, this was, this came from everywhere. This came from everywhere. So here, Eric Swalwell, the uh, farting commie effer, Eric Swalwell. We should do all we can to help Kentucky, our Kentucky, our Kentucky neighbors. God be with them. They are hurting. But do not for one second forget that Rand Paul has voted against helping most Americans most times they're in need. In other words, Rand Paul is a murderer. Rand Paul caused the, the tornadoes. Jamil Hill tweeted, We know Rand Paul is a heartless hypocrite. The people in Kentucky deserve the relief regardless of their buffoonish leadership. But if Dems don't use this against him and his party in the future, it is a missed opportunity. Again, Deaths of a hundred people is a missed opportunity. Mark Ruffalo, who's a complete moron. Uh, I don't even know why anyone listens to the guy. He All he does is make, move, make that crappy movies. This is what climate catastrophe looks like. It's going to get worse from here. Now it's time to fight for our suffering and despairing youth. Oh, these guys. And there were there were plenty like that. I mean, they just, they attacked Rand Paul. They attacked Mitch McConnell, who are from that state. Guys, it just happened. The bodies that were found aren't even cold. People are still digging up bodies, and they're bringing this stuff up. Okay. I am reading a fantastic book right now called, what's it called here? Apocalypse Never. Why Environmental Alarmism Hurts Us All by Michael Schellenberger. And Michael Schellenberger, he is a leftist. He is not a... He is... I take it back. He's becoming a moderate Democrat. He's still very progressive. And when he wrote this book, 
he worked for an environmentalist group. So this, this guy is no conservative. And he says in this book, and it's a big book, it's about 300 pages, with probably another 150 pages worth of notes. He says that this kind of crap about environmentalism and climate change is garbage, and it's actually only hurting people. Now, here's the reality for all these guys. First off, here's a newsflash for all of them. Tornadoes happen at this time of year every year. They've been happening probably for centuries. Most years, the tornado storms are not that big of a deal. They do do some damage, but typically people are fine with it. Some years, we get a big storm. Okay. You know what would be strange? You know what I would be concerned about environmentally? Where I would be alarmed? Is if this year came... And there weren't tornadoes. Then I'd worry. Or if the tornado suddenly came maybe in summertime, then I'd worry. But tornadoes hitting the Midwest this time of year is normal. It happens every year. So this is not a big deal. It's a big deal because 100 people were... But this is not climate catastrophe, climate disaster. This is just, okay, we had a big storm this year. And this is something um, Schellenberger points out in his book. Uh, one, the largest tornado storm wasn't this one. The largest tornado storm killed about 1,000 people was in 1920, which is just the start of the Industrial Revolution where we started pumping stuff into the air. The largest hurricane? 1900. So right off the bat, to sit back and say that all this climate stuff is is killing everybody, no, we've had larger. 100 years ago, 120 years ago, we've had larger tornadoes, we've had larger tornado storms, and we've had larger, uh, uh, larger hurricanes. So all you have to do is look through history. And that's another problem. And Schellenberger points these next two issues out in his book. It's a really good book because I really did not have a lot of understanding of climate change, climate science, why things work the way they work. Uh, This stuff I did know. But for the most part, Schellenberger explains it really well in his book. And because he is against... Um, the you know climate catastrophe group. You should probably buy a hard copy of it, and you'll know why later when we talk about George Orwell. He basically said that we only have about 150 years of climate research. Since about 1850, 1860, people started recording natural disasters like hurricanes and tornadoes. 150, 170 years? What kind of predictions can you make on 170 years of recordings and don't forget the recordings back in 1850 weren't like the recordings in uh, 2021 or even 2000 how can you make a how shall i say how can you make a prediction of what's going to happen with the environment if you have no data 
even climatologists who study uh, anthropological climatologists who study this for centuries back have very limited data. Basically, they have data off of ice cores. And do you know what they find? Yeah, the climate was changing 100,000 years ago too. Now, am I saying that people do not have any influence? Not at all. I think it'd be foolish to believe that that 7 billion going on 8 billion people, if it's not already 8 billion people, I don't know how many are on the earth, do not affect climate change at all. I think that is asinine. I'm sure we affect it a little bit. But the earth's a big place. It's going to change. It survived volcanoes. How many times do you hear when a volcano goes off, that thing pumped out more crap into the air than uh, the entire city of Los Angeles for the last 10 years has pumped out? You hear that all the time. Well, that's because that's what the earth does. The earth fixes itself. Now, one of the ways the earth may fix itself is make us extinct. That's what George Carlin said in one of his joke routines. We're so arrogant, we think we can fix the climate. He goes, no, the earth doesn't care. The earth will, if the earth wants to fix the climate and we're part of it, it's going to make us disappear. And there's not a damn thing we can do about it. Finally, one of the biggest reasons that this became a disaster is because the United States is flourishing and these areas are more populated than they used to be. It's like when they talk about um, they talk about hurricanes and the damage, the billions of uh, the billions of dollars of damage that a hurricane does. Well, the reason there's a billions of dollars of damage is the highest level of damage, even though the um, even though the, the hurricane wasn't as bad, is because there's just more people there. And so you're going to have more people, more property, you're going to have more death. And that's what happened here in the Midwest. The Midwest, these were these were once, you know, sparsely populated towns that became cities, and then they had a tornado. Um Schellenberger brings this up. We shouldn't be shocked that uh, you know, 200 people die in a tornado storm. We should be shocked that more didn't die in the tornado storm based off the amount of property there and based off of the number of people that are there. Here's the, re- here's the reality of what's happening. People are dying less of natural disasters. Why? Because of the technology we have. So all this, this when I see this, I, I knew people were going to bring this up. I knew they were going to sit back and start talking about, um, they were going to start talking about climate change. I thought they'd wait until, I don't know, the tornado storm ended and we actually got an idea of how many people died. I thought they'd do that first. They didn't. They just went straight to the climate change thing before the bodies were warm. But understand something, there are different sides to this climate change thing. And I hardly think the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, is going to is gonna say something that's going to just enlighten us all to anything. Okay, California has a great idea. That damn Gavin Newsom, he is so terrible. In order to become 
the most evil and effed up state in the country, California has decided to push against the anti-abortion cases that are in front of the Supreme Court because they pretty much know that Roe versus Wade or Casey, they're going to be overturned. They've decided to make California an abortion sanctuary state. Bite that. I mean, my Lord, that is evil. It gets worse. The Kendall governor of California, Gavin Newsom, said, quote, we'll be a sanctuary. We are looking at ways to support the inevitability and looking at ways to expand our protections. By the way, if Roe and Casey are overturned, and I think there's probably a better than average chance looking at how the left is flipping out about this whole thing, um, California is going to be able to expand abortion. I told you this already. California is going to be given the leeway to make up abortion rules the way they see fit. That's the point. But, you know, he doesn't think... I mean, you're going to be able to kill your kid till he's 10 at this at, with California. But California wants more. So here it is. The state's council stated, quote, If our state's abortion provider network is to provide timely care to California's parents and absorb any significant portion of the increase in out-of-state patients projected should Roe be overturned, California must take steps now to ensure the growth of a network of clinicians trained in abortion and sexual and reproductive health care. All right. Uh, their plan is worse. Uh, it, it's a really long plan. But essentially, what and if you go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, I've got some of them listed. But essentially what they want to do is they want to make it that if you're from out of state, you can come to California. You can be put up someplace in a hotel in California. You can go have your abortion for as many days as you need because depending on when the abortion takes place, you may have to stay in California up to a week. And then you can fly back to your home state. All on the government dime. So my taxpayer money will go to somebody from Missouri to have an abortion because California says that's, that it's important. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And by the way, that is the reason to leave the state right now. For me. For me. I'm very anti-abortion. And... My taxpayer money is going to abortionists and to people from outside of the state getting abortions. That's not what I. That's not what I'm putting my tax money in. I don't know. It, it, honestly, with the homeless problem, the drug problem, the mental health crisis, crime problem, and we're already a sanctuary city for illegals. I'm not exactly sure what my tax money is going into, but I know that my tax money is not going to go to killing babies. And that's the time when I say, you know what? Gotta leave. Gotta leave. So, this is a, a, a terrible idea, but it just shows sanctuary. Remember what sanctuary is supposed to be? Sanctuary is supposed to be the church, and they provide po people who are wanted for political reasons sanctuary from the government because most churches are separate from the government. Victor Hugo's book, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, brought that in to play where Esmeralda ran into the uh, Notre Dame Cathedral 
because she was uh, she was wanted for political crimes and the government couldn't step in you basically are saying that California is a sanctuary for killing babies and by the way there's no question that's scientifically proven they're babies so knock it off with the the stupid arguments when it comes to pro-abortionists if a pro-abortionist ever wants to be convinced that abortion is is killing a human being give me a buzz I'll, I'll talk you out of it but Gavin Newsom's not done. Um, now, I had to look up what Gavin Newsom did before he became a politician. I knew it couldn't have been a lawyer. And it turns out that he has a BS in political science. How political science is a science, considered a science degree? I don't know. It's a BA because it's just theory and crap like that. So Newsom, who... I got to tell you, he's been emboldened since he got through that recall election, had decided that he's going to design gun laws in California that mimics the Texas abortion laws. So here's what he said in a statement, quote, I am outraged by yesterday's Supreme Court decision allowing Texas ban on most abortion services to remain in place. But if states can now shield their laws from review by federal courts and compare assault weapons to Swiss Army knives, then California will use this authority to protect people's lives or text it, used it, to put women in harm's way. So essentially what he wants to do is he wants to make it that you can sue a gun manufacturer. By the way, that's already got Supreme Court precedents. That it's not a thing. It, it that's not going to happen. Uh, he, you can sue a gun manufacturer in California if a gun was used in a murder. Doesn't matter if the gun was illegally purchased, illegally obviously was illegally used, but doesn't make any difference about you know how the gun. This is the typical leftist thing blame an inanimate object for the irresponsibility and bad decisions of people. Now, I do want to get something really straight here. California has crises beyond all belief. The head of the LAPD union said nobody should go to Los Angeles because the LAPD cannot guarantee their safety. Homelessness and drug addicts are passed out in front of homes. We have smash and grab robberies left and right. Murder is up in the state. And now Gavin Newsom wants to spend taxpayer money on giving abortions to people from out of state. And he wants to take away the only way we can protect ourselves, our own guns. Because we can't, we can't, we can't um, count on the police. They're being defunded. Now, good news is this isn't going anywhere. No matter how Gavin Newsom spins it, he needs to learn a book and actually read the Constitution. Um, He thinks abortion is a constitutional right. There is nowhere in the Constitution uh, where abortion is a constitutional right. It's never mentioned. And that's what the Supreme Court is figuring out right now. It's not mentioned so how can we sit there and say it's a constitutional right? Roe versus Wade had it wrong. Casey had it wrong. Uh, the problem that Gavin has is um, it is explicitly said that you cannot take away arms for American citizens. They have a right to arms. 
They have a right to bear arms. So it is explicitly said in the Constitution. Now, before I know he's going to sit back and he's going to say, "Well, they were they didn't know about you know AR-15s." Um, no, they in the seventeen in the eighteen hundreds, uh, people owned cannons. They did know that there were weapon there was weaponry that went beyond the musket, and they allowed you to own that. As a matter of fact, I'll give you a step further. Not only did they allow you to own a weapon, they required you to own a weapon because they had just won the Revolutionary War and they wanted to make sure that they could form militias at the drop of a hat or that people could form militias. That's the other thing that, that the left always points out. Well, um, uh, they say militias. Only the government can form militias. No, that's not what it says. There are a couple of commas in there that throw it off. People should be allowed to form militias. All those militias that you see over in Montana and Idaho and all these things that the government says they're they're trying to overthrow the government, blah, blah, blah. Those are legal. Those are protected under the Constitution. They can form that militia. They're supposed to form that militia. The Supreme Court, on the other hand, they've just there's no right to privacy in the constitution there's no right to abortion in the constitution so the supreme court is saying well roe versus wade and casey and planned parenthood versus casey overstepped their boundaries so we're going to overturn both and then let california decide what they want to do with abortion at this point if those precedents are overturned all the supreme court is doing is ruling that abortion isn't in the constitution which it isn't the guy needs to learn to read or at least look at the Constitution, for Christ's sake. Okay, and our last um, few stories here. Um, the war on art and history continues on, except now the left is being really obvious about it. I wanted to talk about these stories last week, but I never got to them, which was a good thing because the, the Notre Dame story just came out. Okay, so... A statue of a Confederate General Robert E. Lee, which was about a hundred years old and has stood in Charlottesville, Virginia for that time, is being taken down. All right, it's being taken down. It's going to be put in a museum. No, it's not. It will be donated to an African-American heritage organization and then it will be melted down into bronze blanks and then another statue will be created of it. According to the Daily Wire, quote, the City Council of Charlottesville voted unanimously for unanimously for nothing to donate the bronze equestrian statue of Lee, which was removed by the city in July, to the Jefferson School African American Heritage Center, whose initiative, Swords into Plowshares, received the support of people and organizations including the descendants of enslaved communities at the University of Virginia, as well as descendants of slaves who worked in Monticello, the home of Thomas Jefferson, Fox News reported. Now watch that, because they're coming for Thomas Jefferson too. Thomas Jefferson will be the next one. It won't be just Robert Lee. The organization will also inform the public of the project's development via a community engagement process. The organization raised $590,000 to finance the project. So they spent about $600,000 to get the statue just to destroy it. According to Jefferson School's executive director, Andrea Douglas, 
quote, our hope with swords into plowshares is to create something that transforms what was once toxic in our public space into something beautiful that can be more reflective of our entire community's social values. We're giving people opportunities to engage with our own narratives and our own histories. Our There is no own narrative and own, well, there's an own narrative, but own history. History is history. It happened. That's it. But hey, we got to make history subjective, right? It cannot be that this happened and we just must acknowledge that happened. Slavery happened. We must acknowledge it. We must change it all. This project offers a roadmap for other communities to do the same. Remember how leftists said they wouldn't destroy art? That they just wanted to move it out of the public view? Yeah, no. They want to destroy art. They want to destroy history. This 100-year statue is going to be destroyed and probably made into some crap like George Floyd. They'll put a bronze statue of George Floyd, that criminal, out there. And that was a guy. By the way, when are they going to start tearing down Lincoln statues? You know that's got to be coming. All right. Going woke. Okay, the 900-year-old Notre Dame Cathedral cannot escape wokeness. According to the Daily Wire, quote, the plans overseen by Father Gillis Druden, including removing confessionals and altars from the 13th century edifice and replacing classical artwork and sculptures with modern street art, the culture ministry has confirmed that street art pioneer Ernest Pigeon Ernest, yeah, that's a weird name, as well as other modern artists such as Anselm Kiefer and Louis Bourgeois are among the names being considered for display when new art installations replace some of the little-used 19th-century confessionals, reported the AFP. The plans to renovate the interior Gothic... Okay, first off, um, they, are moving conf- they are removing confessionals and altars. Maybe I'm way off here, but those are kind of important places for a church, a Catholic church. Anyway, continuing with this. The plans to renovate the interior of Gothic masterpiece, uh, interior of the Gothic masterpiece, which suffered a devastating fire in 2019. Looks more like that fire was on purpose now, doesn't it? That destroyed the spire and most of the roof also reportedly include dedicating one of the side chapels to the theme of environmentalism. The new design also calls for adding new light displays, sound effects to create emotional spaces. Okay, I'm done with this. Now, first off, understand something. This is France. Okay, this is France. France is the center, the epicenter, for humanism, existentialism, and absurdism. It has always been secular. And I'd say anti-religion, not even secular. I mean, this is a country who had the, quote, French Revolution, end quote, which was nothing more than a murderous riot that killed everybody with a guillotine, something that chopped their head off. So that's not, that's not big surprise. The other thing is, there's actually a Catholic priest looking over this thing? What is he looking over? What is he doing? This church held a piece of the crown of thorns worn by Jesus. And you're going to replace all of the Gothic art? 
all of that made this church a Catholic church, you're going to replace it with graffiti and crappy modern art? Light shows? Sound effects? Oh, but here's the thing. Not only does the woke have to destroy history, not only does the woke have to destroy art, they also have to destroy religion. Religion is a bad thing. Don't forget, religion is the opiate opioid of the masses. That's Karl Marx. And they believe this. Oh, and the last story, and this is what really got me going. Um, the estate of George Orwell has decided to approve a feminist retelling of 1984, written by George Orwell, and what they're going to do is they want to take it. They want to take it that the main character, Winston Smith, he had a lover named Julia. They wanted to do it from her point of view. Absolutely incredible. George Orwell must be turning in his grave at the thought his own family doesn't even understand the concept of his masterpiece. Just to review some some things, because I've read 1984 about three times. Winston Smith it is it is a slow book, so I he's I, George Orwell was really long winded in this book, so I, I had to read it a couple times. I read it in high school, didn't really catch it, was very disturbed. Then I read it a couple more times, just to review on how the book. Winston Smith is a man whose job it is for the government. To rewrite history and news per government edict so that the people only got the information the government wanted. He actually rewrote history and rewrote news. If you've read the book, that is the first in the first chapter. If you saw the movie, which by the way was really close to the book, is a pretty good movie, but it was really close to the book. That's exactly what he does in the beginning of the book. In the beginning of the movie. If any of these people read the book, you'd also realize Smith, the main character, Winston, I'll call him Winston from now on, is already weak and susceptible to the edicts of the government, whereas Julia is already a strong woman and fights, for, fights the mind control of the government. That is her main purpose in the book, to be the person that will not fall for the government edicts. You see the struggle. The reason Winston is the main character is you see the struggle he goes through for wanting to be free and see the world that Julia sees outside of the government. And the movie does this very well. And not wanting to leave the government edict. Wanting to be still embraced by the government, even though the government has been lying to him and is terror and is hiding everything from him. Both these characters are eventually arrested and sent to a re-education camp. Winston ends up brainwashed and Julia does not end up brainwashed. In other words, Julia is already a strong character, whereas Winston is not. If you decide to take the view from Julia... You're only going to see one view. The conflict of the story is not between the government and Winston and Julia. The conflict is the struggle between Winston and himself. The struggle that he has with wanting to bow down to the government and wanting to experience the freedom. Oh, my God. 
People don't... I'm glad I bought a copy of this, a hard copy of this book. I'm glad I have a hard copy of it. Because I suspect this one, this copy that Orwell wrote won't be available soon. Someday in the near future. I will take the racist, sexist, bigoted, homophobic, transphobic version of George Orwell's book over the woke, newer, crappy version that these people are going to release. And just the thought that, my God, these people who are going to rewrite this book didn't get what the book was about. It was about censorship. They burned books, for Christ's sake. That's what they did in 1984. Oh. Anyway, uh, I'm so pumped up and excited now. I don't, can't even stand it. Anyway, you can uh, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I do have a new video on Rumble. Just search for Dumbasses Talking Politics and you will find it. Uh, I will be releasing a new book, a new video this week. I hope you enjoyed the, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hopefully I'll talk to you tomorrow. It just depends if I get out of jury duty. This is Jeannie. You listen to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>